0: Everyone, welcome to the Furnished Rental Panel. Thank you all for coming. I appreciate it a ton. Uh, so we'll go in, we'll start with just introducing everyone, our sponsors, our panelists, and then we'll dive right into it. Usually how we run these, we are gonna. I'm gonna ask them like five questions, and then we're gonna save questions for you guys at the end. We don't have a ton of time for questions. How these events go, These guys are amazing at what they do and it's gonna, there's gonna be hundreds of questions. So I make them stay an hour after so you can keep bugging them. So if your question doesn't get answered, that's what they're there for. So Aaron says too bad. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with the sponsors. Um, Prior, before I get into the sponsors, a couple of shout outs. Mayar has been awesome helping out. Um, planning these events. There's a lot that goes into them. Johnny, this guy over here, he is one of the owners here at the Perry Group, the tech guy. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And he is a huge reason of why these events happen. So thank you, Johnny. And then Jaden also helped set up. So thank you, Jaden. Can we give all of them a round of applause, please? Awesome. Okay. So now we'll get into the sponsors. I am an investor and an agent. It still feels weird saying I'm an agent because I've been investing for five years. I got licensed February 1st of this year and I'm at the Perry Group, hence why we're doing this out here. Um, The Perry Group has been huge for my business. I started February 1st and I'm going to brag a little bit to entice you guys I at. I'll probably close 14 million from February 1st until the end of 2023. Goal. If, if, if you guys are interested in being an agent, I am confident that this is the best place to be, especially if you're trying to learn from investors, if you're trying to jump into production and haven't seen it. So if you're interested in the Perry group, come talk to me afterwards. Um... I've been investing for 5 years, been an agent for 1. So still trying to figure out my identity, but that's a little bit about me. Uh so Perry Group talked to me, Majestic Home Warranty, Dan, can you come up here? Dan has done all of our home warranty stuff here at the Perry Group. He's awesome. We're going to give him a minute to speak a little bit about Majestic. So here he is. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um Like you
1: said, my name is Dan Lewis. Um, I own Majestic Home Warranty. Little history and background about myself. Um, I've actually been in the real estate industry since 2005, is when I got my license. Um, Prior to that, I was a journeyman electrician doing service calls for home warranty companies. About six years ago, I got approached by an owner of another company Another home warranty company asking them to open up the territory, um, the Salt Lake area. Um, after after seven eight months, I was like, "There's so much customer service that could be done, so much better customer service that could be reciprocated to the not only the the real estate agents but the the clients themselves to make those real estate agents look like rock stars." And when I'm out promising the highest level of customer service, when that comes out of my mouth, it it means something to me. So that was something that I could control i I did something about it, and that's why I started majestic. Um, the state makes us put what we cover, what we can't cover, what we do, what we don't, and being able to have the authority to say you know what this one's kind of in the gray area this guy's a rock star for me i'm gonna make him look like a stud and take care of it um when when the agents have things that come up in their inspection report and they they know that it's pre-existing there's there's an issue that they find they reach out to me to get those items resolved prior to them closing um we're just i I've, I've done construction my whole life um i keep a 40 and a 50 gallon water heater in my shop at all times especially for those holiday weekends when supply houses are closed i've got a mass amount of space heaters and cooling units i i have no problem leaving a family function especially if it's my wife's side
2: yeah
1: or <laughs> for i i've left new year's eve parties at nine o'clock to run a space heater to a client to make sure they were warm and come to find out it was the gas company's issue their regulator froze up it wasn't even my equipment that was the failure but i wanted to make sure
3: they were taken care of so
1: um it, it's all about customer service i'm here local we do cover the entire state we have four plan or three plans um we've We've kept our service fee down to $50 a service fee. Um, if you guys haven't given us a shot, the only way I can hurt your business is to let me try. We do not only warranties for homes in a real estate contract, we offer them on existing properties as well. Um, we, we do have a different pricing and a different program for that, but If, if you've got questions, I'll be here. So, but thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Dan. Perfect. Okay. Um, Our next sponsor, if you guys are in the investment world, raise your hand if you've heard of PropStream. It's a very, very popular data company in the investor world. Um, And they've been amazing at helping us make this happen. So if you guys, if you don't know what PropStream is, PropStream is a data company for real estate investors that help you a ton building lists. It helps you pull comps even. Um, it's an all-inclusive data software for real estate investing. I probably butchered that, but if you don't have it, you need it. Talk to Mayar if you don't have it. So, And she'll help you get set up on that. It's like 99 a month. Um, so worth it. I've had it for four years and running. So, Okay. Um, all of our panelists, as part of a thank you for having them out, they're going to highlight their businesses. They all have big businesses. Um, and so they're going to talk about those as well. Okay. Meet our panelists. Yeah, ignore that part. Unless you want to play musical chairs. okay so i we're just going to go down the list and we'll do a quick 30 second rundown of what you guys do these you know what let's fast forward um i was going to reiterate myself we're going to go through in simple terms introduce yourself and then explain what you do is that easy enough okay perfect all right Hey everyone how's it going um
4: just before jumping in, I just wanna kinda of get a feel like who's here. So who here, we're obviously talking about short-term rentals tonight. So who, who here has short-term rental property currently? Raise a high. All right, and who, who does not? And who wants to? Keep the hands up. All right, perfect. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously we're, we're, we all have a, a similar interest. Um, I got started coming to events like this, um, just trying to learn from other professionals in the industry other peers. And, and really that's, uh, this is my wife, Brindy. I'm Kyle, by the way. And um, the question, what, what do we do? We do short-term rentals. Um, we started out with, with flipping properties, got into multifamily investing, and really saw the opportunity in short-term rental investing. Um, it's obviously a very crowded space. And so we got together with our, our partner, Jeff. He's here in the back, um, in the orange shirt there. Um, one of the smartest guys I know, by the way. So if you want to fill, yeah, talk to Jeff. Um, but, but really we we started looking at it and we said, if we're going to do this, we need to do it better than anybody else. And so we kind of focused on creating experiences for our guests. Our tagline is don't just stay experience. And so we have ultra themed properties in Orlando. We hired theme park contractors to come in and create 3d beds with fire, breathing dragons with fog machines and murals on every wall and that type of thing, and that's kind of how we became known. Um, and then from there we, we branched into other markets, um, really just focusing on creating that experience in whatever, whatever market we're in. So that's Loma Homes in a nutshell.
2: So I'm Brindy. I'm his wife and business partner. And um, like I said, the three of us are the owners of Loma Homes. And it all started from um, the business rentals uh, for short-term rentals. We have them in Florida and the Poconos, um, the Panhandle of Florida, and then also Orlando. And as we grew that business, um, we f- found other opportunities So we now have two additional companies as well. So we've kind of branched within our company into three. So Kyle manages Loma Homes. I manage our design service company. It's called Revity Refined. where. uh, So we got a name for ourselves. And uh, because of our crazy designs out there, we renovate every property. Um, In Orlando, we have the spaceships and the dinosaurs and all those special effects. It's like a theme park in your house. But in your beach homes, those are renovated and have themes that are not dinosaurs because people don't go to the beach to see dinosaurs. Instead, they're like pirate or all the bathrooms are remodeled. It's a 1920s Gatsby themed. Um, So we look for what people are traveling to that location and run data um, and figure out how we can create the ultimate experience for what they're willing to pay more for. So it's all about optimizing your asset. Um, And so then other people started approaching us wanting us to do their homes as well. So I now manage our Um, design, asset optimization, service, creating experiences in other people's um, rentals. And then we also branched out into a data company called Intellihost. So the guys in the orange shirt, Jeff, the partner, and this is Sam. Um, You can talk to them if you have more questions. But essentially on our back end, we were running all this data to figure out how we could be the best in our market. And we were comparing um, like, hey, if we um, add a hot tub, how much does that add? Hey, if we change our cover photo, how much does that change? and just did all this like, fine-tuning to make our listings optimized. And as we pulled this data, um, we realized there's a, not a product out there for what we were building um, for ourselves. And so we created it into a um, listing optimization for your Airbnb listing as well. So we've got 30-day trials. If you want to test it out, it helps optimize your Airbnb listing to make sure you're getting it. the most revenue possible. Thanks, Aaron. So free to try. Check it out.
0: Hey, before we pass it off to Lame. Um, Brindy, if you, I'm expecting you to brag a little bit here. If you can touch on some of the accolades you've seen, because I've heard of some, but I want you to brag about you, Loma Homes, and what you guys
2: have done. So Loma Homes, um, one of our properties went viral. It got picked up by Forbes magazine, a travel and leisure. It got over seven million views in the first couple weeks it got um, launched. We've had YouTube videos over a million. We've had Instagram posts go over 50 million. So there's a lot of virality in some of the properties we've created. And so we've been able to create a nationwide brand based off of the properties, experience, and whatnot. So so
0: that's perfect.
2: Yeah, right now I'm working on one for Lama and it's going to be the next million dollar idea. Let's go.
5: Cool. Um, Hey, first off, I just want to congratulate everybody here. Uh, Thank you for showing up and being present. Um, It's rooms like this where you learn and you meet the people that are going to change your life and get into real estate. I always tell people that real estate—it's really not about hard assets, houses, and money and passive income. Real estate, to me, is genuinely a business of people. The more people that you know, more people that you give value to, the more real estate that will come to you. Real estate is a byproduct of relationships. And so, congratulations for being here. Uh, my name is Lame. I own a company called Elkridge Management. Um, I. I'd say my niche and competitive edge is we we are a fully integrated um, short-term rental, I guess, investment firm. So we do everything from acquisition, uh, design, setup, and management. Um, I kind of own the whole vertical, and I'm okay at all of it. I'm not nearly as good at management or as design as these guys, but uh, we buy a lot of the properties that we we own a lot of the properties that we manage. So uh, most of our portfolios here in Utah, we're in four other states as well. Um, but I I'm just excited to be here and. Share with you guys what little I know. So happy to be here. I'm Aaron. I just try to keep my wife happy. <laughs> my
6: wife How are you know going? Not I'm not very happy. happy. <laughs> my wife is so much better at everything than I am. Uh, so, my wife is a collegiate athlete. She won the MVP and all that kind of stuff. And I uh, with the mascot. So, like.
2: True story. He was the mascot. Ask him to do backflips. Um, I,
6: I am very humbled to be up here because. Each one of these uh, other people up here have saved my business at one point. Um, beginning of this last year, I hit kind of this huge uh, hurdle in our business, and I was considering selling everything and quitting. And to which then Kyle, unbeknownst, said, hey, man, I'm going to this convention. I got a free ticket. You want to come? Changed my world, uh, you know, realizing that there's greater things. So I'm, I'm very grateful to Kyle and his company. Uh, also, growing up in this space uh, here in Utah, there's this kind of this aspect of competitiveness that I didn't like and i i had a really hard time connecting with other managers and like building a community and uh i met up with lame kind of with those one of those lunches where you're like i'm gonna get to know you so i know what you know so i can figure it out. and six hours later we were still hanging out and he is he's considerably one of my one of my best cohorts friends that i i'm very grateful to be up here with him um our company is conmigo vacation rentals conmigo in spanish means with me so the whole concept is to stay with us uh, we really focus on process uh, we have got it very dialed in we can launch properties within 10 days of onboarding them and getting them fully ready uh we know down uh thanks to my wife uh, we know to the penny how much properties are making or not so that we can make very strategic decisions that's
0: probably our competitive edge thank you everyone everyone give them a round of applause Um, one of my favorite parts of doing this, being able to host these events is bringing people who are much smarter than me, but also just having amazing human beings in my circle. Um, and I I try to filter that honestly with, uh, my speakers to the best of my abilities. That is, um, getting to know these people, I can promise you, if you're interested in in short-term midterm rentals will help you out. So hopefully you guys get something from these events. That's my purpose. So we'll move on from there. Um, so our next question we have, and I think this is a pretty generic question, but it's awesome to get to know these people to a deeper level. Um, and the question is what led you to getting into real estate in the first place? Yeah, sure.
6: Um, my parents uh, do commercial real estate, but up in Idaho, I always thought I would grow up and join daddy's business. Uh, I decided to get into Amazon management and FBA. Instead, did that for a number of years. realized it slipped. Um, to which uh, I probably started uh, 10 different businesses because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. i failed successfully at a lot of them. And then um, thanks to who, you guessed it, my wife, uh, we bought a house um, and we flipped it and renovated it and we were going to move into it, but we realized rental rates were increasing, so we just rented it. And then we bought a second house uh, with bigger, it had a big basement. And we said, let's try that whole Airbnb gig thing. And I had a studio apartment that now looking back was terrible. Not terrible, burrible. Like browns, just all the browns. It was terrible. Um, it was literally an Airbnb. You walked through our front door, you pass my yelling kids. And then they went into the studio basement. In the first month, it did 800. The next month it did 1200 and then the next month it did 1400 And I was like, there is something to this if you're going to book my terrible brown basement with my kids above you. And so I kicked my tenants out, and we kind of uh, got I, – I kicked them out legally. It was my brother in Uh But we converted them into short-term rentals, and then we realized there was a business to it. And so we uh, just kind of scaled more and um, had conversations. My, my goal actually was – when I turned 30, I would quit my W-2 because I was working in FBA at the time. Um, but in, my birthday is March 14th, um, and that was March 14th, 2020. Instead, we got a world pandemic, 95% cancellation, $25,000 lost in a day. And I was like, shoot, there goes the dream. Uh, but over the course of six weeks, we added four more clients because I wasn't commuting as much, and we were able to scale enough. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, how I got into space. We, we now do some burrs and some flips, to, you know, we're all trying to build our wealth. So that's kind of been
5: how I got into it. Um, I think my story is pretty similar. Um, you know, again, shout out to you guys for being here. Cause I don't think I was nearly as intentional about getting into real estate as you guys are being here. Uh, for me, it was by accident. Um, I, I was bred and bored and I cut my teeth into the door to door industry. So I made a lot of money selling security systems and solar door to door. Now, that taught me a lot. And I think it's a life principle that everybody can apply. I learned things in that industry that ended up translating very well into real estate. And what's crazy about it is to this day, the hardest thing I ever done was knock doors. Like it is by far easier to do what I do now. And I make a lot more money. And so I think oftentimes in our day to day, we sometimes we correlate you know, your income with hardship or or difficulty, and that's not true at all. Um, for me, I started by just buying, traditionally, my own my own place, lived in it for a year. Similar to Aaron, I was like, hey, let's just try this Airbnb thing. I still have the listing, cause it, and I love having it archived, because it's like terrible, this It's, it's just garbage, terrible. it's just straight, it was like a bed on bricks, completely terrible. I remember doing it, and in my head, I was like, hey, if I could just break even on the mortgage, it's a win for me. First month, we made two grand, and similar thought process is like, hey, there's something here. I didn't jump full-time into real estate until even two years after that. I started buying one at a time, doing it slow, in tandem with my my door-to-door job. Um, And then it wasn't until, and I think this applies again to everybody, it wasn't until I kind of just sat down and I was like, hey, what am I I good at? What do I want to do? I want a life change. And that's when I just jumped and I went all into real estate. And this is back in 2020. And since then, I just haven't looked back. But it's interesting because as I look back, my biggest regret, is not betting on myself earlier. My biggest regret was not betting on myself earlier based on the things that I developed and the skill sets that you developed in your day to day. So you're being prepared for something special right now and that moment's gonna come. And when you bet on yourself and you're intentional like you are being here, good things come to it.
2: So Kyle and I, um, we were in corporate America. We were fresh out of college, didn't have kids, had real boy, big boy jobs and money. Like for us, it felt like money and weren't sure what we were going to do with it. So we said, hey, we could um, buy a house, but we don't we're in Wisconsin for jobs. And like, well, we don't want to live here forever. And we don't really know what size of house we want. So let's try a buying a fixer upper and a duplex and live in one side run out the other. And um, we house hacked. And we thought with no service, no, like any experience in housework or maintenance or anything that we would be able to flip it from YouTube. Um uh, and nonetheless the less than ten days. So, nice. we're on. So you're wondering it kind of We joke that is our ten footer house. If you gotta look at it ten feet away because it was awful. But it was a long term rental, so the expectations are much lower than like my fire breathing dragons. Um so Um, we lived in one side, rented out the other, the more the rent covered our mortgage and more. And we were like, oh, this is great. So like we're building our asset portfolio and we got into long-term rentals. And my end goal was that I knew I wanted to have kids and I knew I wanted to be able to still have, um, flexibility in my schedule and not have to work a regular job, uh, but still do something to contribute and, um, have more financial freedom. So our goal from a young age, like we bought our first house when I was 21, he was 23. And we just started building our portfolio right away. In fact, I was talking to someone earlier, we bought 10 houses before we bought our own house that we lived in. Um, we were all about building our wealth to be able to escape the rat race. It took four years from us buying our first house until both of us were full time in it. So we transitioned two years. We did it on the side while both of us were working. Then we had our first kid, I stayed home and I managed did property management. So I just like, we didn't hire a property management company. I did our property management and I started flipping houses. And then two years later, we got to the point where it was sustainable enough for Kyle to quit his job. Um, and so then we started getting into um, house flipping, multifamily, got into some apartments. We met Jeff and then got into vacation rentals. And we were like, hey, this is fun. We've always loved traveling. It's a good hybrid of our interests and it was making good money. And it was successful. So we're like, hey, let's um, you know, ditch our other things. And he quit his full time job and we went all into Loma homes and created um our portfolio and our business as it is today. So we've been doing Loma homes for almost uh, five years now. Um and are fully focused on vacation rentals.
1: Amen.
6: If if I could take I mean I mean if I could even add like the the one thing that I have always been impressed with my friends here, including Jeff in the back, is they, each one of them has identified a skill that they're awesome at. And then they have built teams around it. Each one of you, I mean, right now you're thinking, oh, I don't have the sales skills, so I can be successful like Lami. Each one of you has your own skill and your strategic advantage that you're going to bring to a partnership or to something. Hone in on that. And the more that you hone in on it, the better of a tool you're going to be in any potential relationship. I mean, Kyle's ability to sound professional and connect with people, I'm always blown away with. Jeff's ability to understand numbers is through the root. Lame's ability to find money out of thin air is amazing. Uh, uh, Brittany is incredible at design. Like I look at us, I'm like, oh, we could do this. And then she touches something and I'm like, oh, what am I thinking? I might as well have been a blind person. Uh, each one of you has those individual skills as well. And so if you could pull anything from learning from us is, Find what you're awesome at, that you love, and go
5: after it, and then bring people and build the team around you. And just to add, especially in real estate, because the biggest blessing, which is the same curse in real estate, is that there's a million ways to make a million dollars. And so the sooner that you can gain some clarity in what you're good at and how to provide value in real estate, the better. I think, yeah.
4: Everyone needs to find a hype man like Aaron. If you don't have that? What? Looking Ooh, for
6: friends? That is, that literally is my talent. My talent is being a mascot. That's it. <laughs> He's not being hype man around.
4: Um, I think for me, it, it comes down, I, I think almost everyone could relate, freedom and flexibility in your lifestyle. Who can relate? Like Why, why are we doing real estate, right? Um, for me, it was back when we were in Wisconsin, um, working my first job out of college, working in for a modest salary. I think I got 10 vacation days a year. Um, and th- there was this one week where I had a flight booked home. I think it was to come home for like a friend's wedding for the weekend or something like that. And I got word on like Monday night that, Hey, grandma's not doing so good. You may want to come back. She's probably not going to make it type of that thing. Right. And I'm looking at my vacation days know if i go early then i lose all that and money flying out there and and so like tuesday came around like grandma's still here wednesday came around my flight i think was um thursday or friday and i decided you know i'm just gonna stick it out hopefully grandma can make it and by the time i took that flight um she died like eight hours before i got there 12 hours something like that and i just regretted like man like i felt constrained like I just wish I could have been there and, and felt like I had the freedom in my life to be able to go and, and say goodbye to her, right? That's something that stuck with me and really gave me the motivation of like, what's it gonna take to create this actual freedom and the financial flexibility to be able to to go and, and do those things when they come up. And real estate's been um, an avenue for me to do that. Um, and, and so thinking back, like what did it take to actually get traction in real estate? Um, one is education, right? Like I went and got the education I needed from the people that I trusted um, to learn how they did it successfully. I knew you, you could lose a lot of money really fast in real estate if you do one deal wrong, right? And so, you know, I went out and, and got a level of education that I felt comfortable with. You can educate yourself to death, so don't do that either. But, but the other part to that is surround yourself with mentors and people that you can trust along the way. And so I, I kind of felt like I knew what I was talking about, but I also knew that I had spent time in, in these types of places that if I ran into questions along the way, I could reach out to this person or that person. Like, I don't know everything, but I know this person does. And if I run into that, it gave me the confidence to take that first step and in, into buying that first home and buying the first rental property and doing the first flip and the first apartment. Um, and so I guess a takeaway of like, we all have this desire of getting from A to B, wherever that is give the education and surround yourself with people who can help you get there.
2: One thing I want to add to that too, is you might look at us or look at other investors and be like, Oh, that's like an overnight success. Or they just like dive in and were successful. And what you want to keep in mind is it's just one step at a time. Um, Our first step was 10 years ago when we bought a dumpy duplex and we had no idea how to do anything. So he's painting the wall and I'm in tears because he's an awful painter. Like, (laughs) real life, I went to work and he thought he was going to surprise me and paint the whole house. And it was, So bad, Um, (laughs) uh, probably more than that, (laughs) but I mean, mean, like it's all it took was one step, like analyze your first deal, make sure you're making smart decisions. You're getting education, but you don't have to to have the game plan of where you have to be 10 years and know how to get the full apartment complex. All you need is focus on what's the next thing I need to do. I need to analyze properties to find one house. And then once I find that one house, now how am I gonna make that one house, the coolest Airbnb ever? I had no idea how to build a dinosaur or a spaceship. I started Googling people who build dinosaurs. And one thing led to another, and I found people who could build me dinosaurs or whatever. So just don't get overwhelmed by everything that can do. Just focus on one thing at a time.
0: I love it. And I'll just... Being one in the audience and hearing what they've all said, to me, it's obvious that taking action was a major, major piece in where they got to now. And, and not only that, but Lamae was saying, just betting on yourself. And so I think that's a huge nugget that we can take is it's not going to be overnight, we can guarantee that, but betting on yourself and taking action. I, I said this last event too, but at one point I was going to so many of these networking events and going to lunch with as many people as I possibly could, because that's natural to me, I'm an extrovert. And it came to a point, I wasn't taking action. I was doing what was comfortable to me and trying to learn, 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 like Kyle was saying, like over-educate, analysis, paralysis, however you want to word it. Um, There's so many different avenues that you can get stuck in and not take action. So. That's a nugget. I want to share that I learned from these amazing people that I wanted to share. Um, can I, I'm sorry. Oklahoma. My problem
6: is jealousy. I get very jealous of people. And over the past two years, I have really worked on being more humble. We've actually, uh, my, the announcement or my call the fame or whatever of the boutique hotel that we own, I got it because I was humble. It was a fellow investor. I was very jealous of, he had more doors. He announced all that. And I each one of you has put yourself in this circumstance. I mean, you look at us, you look at other people in your brokerages or around, you say, oh, but they've got five properties and I'm never gonna be there. Like, and you compare yourself. The reality is your path is different. And all you have to do, just like grandpa says, is don't let, uh, don't let education get in, don't let school get in the way of education. Taking that action and going after and, and realizing what you're not good at and working on it. So um, uh, the only reason I bring this up is uh, we seem successful. Last year, we were uh, cleaning 180 homes, and we were managing 90, and we were failing super successfully at all of it. Uh, we were losing 40, dollars $50,000 a month on payroll alone, and we were, I didn't have that, that beautiful hair girl over there didn't want to stay with me anymore because I was always working. The reality is there's huge failures that come along with it, and same with all of us. We've all had of it. Where what we did is that's why we then focused on process is because we cut the cleaning arm side of things. We cut about 45% of our portfolio from management and just focused on the ones that were doing decent and dialing in on numbers. And from there, we've been able, now over a year and a half, really, we now have the air quotes success, overnight success that we all want, right? So please, please realize that your journey is not our journey, but whatever success is for you, if it's one more house, that's your success. That's big. That's one more house that you have that you didn't have before. That's the point. So please, please acknowledge too that failure is part of it and you're gonna go there and,
0: uh man, There we go. And I think to Aaron's point, when you start comparing yourself to others, which in this industry is so, so, so hard and something that I'm constantly battling too, um, I think that can box you in Terribly, so you're not exploring your creative balance because you're trying to compete in whatever industry. If Hannah, right here, one of the top agents on her team, number two, right behind Michael. Not Perry. to compare, yeah. But if I tried to keep up with Hannah all the time, then other parts of what I'm passionate about, like these events, I would, I can't keep up with Hannah. That's what I'm trying to say. But if, if Don't let that box you in. It's so, so, so easy to compare yourself to others in this industry. And there's a million ways to make money. So like Lamay said, don't let that box you in. Okay, with our next question, I'm excited for this one because this is something that I want to learn. Sorry, these TVs don't make it easy for you. So you're just gonna have to trust me. (laughs) Uh, What are the biggest challenges with getting an STR Or an MTR, which is short term rental, midterm rental, to perform in today's market. And whoever's starting, maybe let's define what a short term is versus a midterm. I wanted to start, you told me. Right at WAME. Whoever's
5: starting, you got to let me go. All right. Um. So, okay. So, short term is defined technically as rentals that are 30 days or less. Okay, and then you get into midterm, which typically is furnished monthlies. Then long term, we all know what long term is. Uh, short terms are furnished properties that are rented out for 30 days or less. Um, what, what was the question? Challenge. What are the challenges getting into short term?
0: Challenges to getting an STR or MTR to perform
5: in today's market. Yeah, that's the more. That's a that's a big one. <laughs> um, it, I, what I'll tell you guys is that, now all I guess I'll start from the beginning. Airbnb used to be an industry where you could throw up a bed on bricks and make money. And that flooded the whole economy with supply. There's a ton of supply, right? Um, it's matured now, okay? I don't want to say saturated because the guys that are dogs, guys and gals that are figuring it out. Like they Lame. Do that. They, they just understand that now the market has matured. And because of that, I have to be more competitive in a lot of different ways. We could all give you a masterclass on what that is algorithm, SEO, design, customer service, uh, your VAs, your guest communication, amenities, everything. But I guess my biggest piece of advice to anybody that's wanting to get into it is understand and respect the industry. Like, know that there's going to be things that you have to prepare yourself for educationally to be able to step in a market that's highly competitive right now. You saw, I mean, Yeah, I think biggest challenges right now are just being are just standing out. I mean, it's it's no secret that Airbnb over the last 18 months has dropped significantly in occupancy. That's a fact across the entire United States. So what we've all managed to do is just to be very innovative in how we create income in the US market. For me, I've been buying creatively. I control the debt. If the occupancy isn't there from where it was last year, I just buy a pro- property subject to and I'm... I'm creating a lower floor than anybody can buy traditionally right. Right. And so it's, it's really just being creative in today's market. And that's why I say, you know, just respect the opportunity as you step into it. Know that you have to be very competitive in whatever way, whether it's design, whether it's in management, whether it's in creative finance or, or acquiring the debt, like you just know, you just have to know that you got to fight. And so, and, and it's a good thing, right? Because at the end of the day, we're just in a slump. Like Airbnb will Will come back to us in its full glory but for now you just got to be competitive you guys can agree or just i agree
2: i agree too and i think the biggest thing with the the competitive market right now is treating it professionally um, <laughs> <laughs> as much as you guys succeeded on your first one that was like a dark thing oh, it, dude, it would just, die right now right? And, and like
6: we just in. That's literally all it was.
2: And that was perfect timing for where you're at. But now you have to treat it professionally. So people often are like, well, I'm just going to like do it all myself. But then if you're not using the different like technologies, you're losing money on the table. So using pricing algorithms, using like listing optimization or using professional managers that are using those platforms, making sure you're getting like professional photos and actually staging your house, whether it's even if you have design skills and want to stage it yourself, you still need to think through, what are my pictures going to look like? Because your pictures and your property are your marketing. And so people will try to cheap out and just do it themselves and take pho- like iPhone pictures and just take down their family photos and like DIY it. And they think they're saving money, but you're actually leaving money on the table because you're lowering your income by trying to minimize all those expenses. So... I think the challenge is the temptation to avoid expenses when those expenses make you money.
6: Uh, we have a phrase, which is the cheap ends up being expensive. So the cheap ends up being expensive. You don't pay $150 for professional photos. Okay. You'll lose 6% over a year. Doesn't sound like a lot, but 6% at $100 a night, that's you know, 400 know $500 a night. That's big.
2: And I'd say on the other side, I mean, this is right up my alley, obviously, so that's what I preach. But I think making your actual property stand out is really important. Um, Now, you don't have to do dinosaurs and spaceships. But if you can be strategic on, like, bright colors, and you have to buy a couch, you have to buy a comforter anyways. Why not buy a cool one that coordinates and looks pretty in pictures? Um, You can be on a budget and strategically design so that way your property can perform the best way possible. And if you want to put all the bells and whistles, it'll perform even better. Um, But... You you want to actually make your property physically beautiful as well, so because average doesn't cut it anymore.
6: I if I could add to like I'm sorry, I'm so eager. I, there's some stuff I'm really passionate about. So it's you will hear a lot tonight. We're going to talk about amenities, hot tubs, EV chargers, all of those things are valid. However, there's strategic advantage that you can still find in terrible basement listings. Now, what I mean by that, our second listing was my terrible basement. We call it the Grumpy Grizzly. We gave it a theme. It's got bears. I have two terrible sons. They're right above those rooms and they do little tap dance all the freaking time. But what our creative advantage has been is we know our guest avatar. That's something that you'll hear from us too. Guest avatar is whom is staying in there? Who am I marketing to get into this place? We market to families who also have kids. So then that moment, that people walk in if they hear my kids they'll say oh that's okay i have kids too and my kids are equally terrible so when my kids yell i don't feel as bad we threw a triple bunk bed in instead of just a bunk bed we put toys in there we give them access we put in a, a mini soccer fill the sandbox we had a bunny for three years rest in peace uh our our guy like now, all of those things our kids were already doing, but it was a really strategic advantage that we did with a basement listing that, what, you know, normally in the context of this conversation wouldn't be successful. But what we did is we found what our guest avatar was. We focused in and, and it wasn't like it was big dollar stuff. It was buying a bunny that I bought for $5 off of Facebook. So
4: um, I would say when looking to buy a property in this market, I've thought a lot about this question, trying to figure out the best way to answer it. And the reality is, you're still buying real estate, right? Like, I, f- I feel like we complicate it and look at all the, all this short-term rental stuff. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned from doing traditional real estate, transitioning to short-term rental, it's still real estate. So you make your money when you buy, right? You hear that phrase a lot: buy it right, meaning if it's not going to cash flow when you buy it, you better have a lot of reserve funds to be able to float that until it can cash flow. Um, but I just recommend make sure it cash flows from day one, or it can after you renovate it or whatever it is. Um, during the due diligence process, what's your backup plan? You know, if regulations change or if the market demand slumps, what's your backup plan? Get on the phone with someone who's successful in that market with midterm rentals. What, what type of rate could you get with traveling nurses or corporate travelers? What are the rates you can get with a long-term rental? Would it still cash flow at that point? Um get creative on the debt. Like, Wame, well, I mean, he's still getting sub 5% debt on the properties he's buying because he's being creative about it. And so as you're looking at these properties, look at it from a traditional real estate standpoint, look at the short-term rental as the potential upside, if you can execute it well, but you can't always control the market. In Florida, most of our properties in Florida, pro- uh, property insurance has gone up 40% just this one year. That's not something we could have planned on, right? Maybe it is, but if you're looking in Florida, get on the phone with insurance brokers. What's happening in the market? What do you expect to happen in the next six to 12 months? Um, Make sure you're including that in your underwriting because what works today very likely is not going to work the same way in six months. We've seen that. Six months ago, it was completely different than than today. And so just try to get the trends for for whatever market you're buying in. Make sure you're including that in your underwriting and you treat it like traditional real estate.
0: I love it. And I'll just kind of reiterate what Kyle is saying, but add on to it as well. I think when you're an aspiring real estate investor wanting to get into the space, it can be daunting looking up at here, like how am I going to get into this? But with what Kyle is saying, from the investment world, having multiple exit strategies is going to be your saving grace no matter what. And so that should give you a whole lot more confidence. What Kyle is saying if you're scared about getting into Airbnb because of X amount of reasons, the saturation, or correct me, Lame, but not the saturation, but- Maturity. 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 Uh always don't believe in saturation. We're- Amen. Or the regulation, whatever it may be. If that's the reason you're scared of it, well, then think about these other exit strategies that Kyle was talking about. Especially for my risk tolerance, Airbnb is something that I don't completely understand, so I stay away from it. That's why I have these people up here, because there's money on the table for certain properties that I own, for sure, and I know that. So, um you guys want to add anything onto that, or are we good to go on? Let's get it. Okay, here's another one I'm excited about. And the reason I'm excited about it, as an agent, I work with a lot of investors, and... There's a lot of investors or aspiring investors that want an Airbnb. As an agent who is representing the client, the question I get asked a ton is, oh, do they allow Airbnb? It isn't, if I was not licensed, I would say, you know, a lot of these don't allow Airbnbs, but you might be good. So that's not something I can say as an agent when I'm representing someone. So I want to understand this next question is for the experts. How do the laws slash rules restricting STR, MTRs affect your business today? How are you planning for this in the future? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'll start.
4: Our first property that we bought was in Joshua Tree, California. Anyone been there before? It's like out in the desert in California, the high desert, right? Um, very unincorporated. Found a property, did our research. No STR regulations. Awesome. Let's go. We were like excited. Like we can do anything we want. Um, what we found out is that's actually a pretty risky strategy because that means that the, the city or the county is very likely going to come up with regulations in the very near future because almost every place has by now. This was back in 2018, and of course they've come up with with regulations there as well. Um, so one of our rules one of our rules is buy where the regulations are already established, because that means you know the areas that they're very likely gonna that they already allow and that they'll very likely continue to allow. Once city, cities cities have started doing the hotel tax or the bed tax, once they see that revenue coming in, it's very hard for these counties and these cities to give that up, and so we're. We believe if they have regulations in place, they're re- they'll very likely stay, and we stay compliant with what they do. Um, real quick, the, the two things I would do if you're looking at properties, get on the phone with the county. There might be information on the website. Um, it could be outdated. So talk to the, the planning commission, say, hey, looking to buy a property in this area, what do I need to know? Um, if you're not comfortable doing that, um, the company we, we work with on the, the renovation and staging, Revity, um, they have certified underwrites Well, they'll do all that work for you. It's like 250 bucks. They'll give you the revenue projections. But but part of that is they're doing the manual process, making sure the property you're buying um, is actually in an area that's allowed. So if you're not comfortable with it, there are options to go and just hire someone for, for very inexpensively to make sure you're not going to get yourself to trouble.
2: I agree. Um, and I think a lot of people do kind of ignore the rules and do it themselves. And it's one thing if it's like your basement apartment or a one onesie twosie but if you're wanting to build a business you're making it's very high risk to build a business trying to skirt the law so i just recommend go with the law and find places where it is highly regulated like kyle said um not worth your whole business to collapse over one overnight change of law or implementation or a person coming to your house and saying you can't do um
5: I'm probably a little bit more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, Ryan. We're going to be opposite
6: of next. <laughs> Lawmate does not take no for an answer. Uh, tell them about the 10 units that you bought in a non conforming
5: area. So, what was that again? I think I, I have to be very guy. careful what I'm saying here. Right? Uh, um,
2: we are very risk adverse on our side. <laughs>
5: OK, so I so I, I approached the developer and he has about, I don't know, probably 60, 70 million of these new real, beautiful homes in the middle and that can't be STR. And I knew that going into it. And I ended up buying 10 of them. And my thought process was, well, if I get enough of them, the city would give me a variance. And they did. So they gave me a variance. <laughs> yeah. So I guess by, you know, you guys got to hear the, the, the right lesson there. Don't skirt the law. Change the law. (laughs)
6: Change it. No, I. I, No, and this. I'll be honest. This is the one topic I am crazy passionate about. It, It. I am, and I will be as simple as I can on this. Uh, the the thing that I do dislike about a lot of city regulation is it does not create democratic opportunity for us to have equal opportunity conversations. Now, what I mean by that is, for example, right now in Sandy, Sandy is considering reviewing and potentially revising the rules for Sandy. Now, there are plenty here who may or may not be up here or not, or in the audience who probably have nonconforming units in Sandy. Now, what that means is you want to talk about it and say you want to be in compliance. Yet, the moment you go to a city council meeting, you are afraid to say, I'm Aaron Kirkham, and I have a short-term rental that's nonconforming. Because they'll say, all right, yes, wait for your notice. And that is not a democratic opportunity. Uh, I very much am in any. Um, so towards that end, we're creating, uh, Lame and I working really aggressively on creating a short-term rental association, the the Utah Vacation Rental Association, so that we can have democratic opportunities and go to Sandy and say, we represent 50 people. And if you ban us, that means you lose all of this revenue. Why would you do that to yourselves? Because most cities, they, they come in with the rhetoric of, Let's ban them all. They did this in Austin and New Orleans. They banned all of them. And the Supreme Court of each state has found it to be against the Constitution and has repealed those laws. So the reality is what's going to happen over the next 5-10 years, cities, counties are going to swing hard against them. They're going to be found on Constitution. They're going to be sued and repealed. Lava Hot Springs is one I'm working on right now. But they're in. They are not in compliance with oath. You can already tell I'm getting too deep into this. Anyways. Um. The reality is there's still opportunities to have conversations, but it's best to be legal or there's there's ways that you can still be an active participant in the process because it's not if
5: it's when. And, and also to add to that, right, like the reason that cities and regulations often are, you know, maybe trying to restrict them, it's because of the horror stories. So to that end, don't be that guy. Right. I was able to walk in and get a variance because I am good at what I do. And I am very organized. It's a system, there's professionals that are at work here. And so when you jump into this, just know that there's ways to be very effective to where you can have a short-term rental different ways. And I'll also speak to the occupancy diversity that we have. Short-term rental is defined as 30 days or less. There's a huge market in multiple parts of Utah where midterm rentals, there is a huge market for them, but also they fit in line with small, right? Short-term rentals. A lot of cities they only define short-term rentals as anything that's being rented 30 days or less. So if you have a property that potentially is being rented monthly, you don't fall under that under that law, right? And so it's just understanding the game that you're playing. Don't be the guy that's going to root it for everybody. Do it the right way. However, be wise and be be smart about how you execute. And that's what we do. We
6: we ironically we all went to a a convention together in Austin. One of those friends who is not here just got shut down by Orem because he was that guy. And he actually, I mean, uh, he has stimulated heated conversations within the city of Orem that doesn't have a regulation and will shortly. So, which only caters, I think, more to the concept of like, we're talking so much about this. If you're going to get into short-term mental, mid-term mental, you have to be smart. You have to be professional at it now because... The, the days of throwing furniture in are over, and the days of skirting the law are over. You need to do it legally, or you need to make your contracts to make it legally.
0: Ask me after. I love it. Uh-huh. Okay, so Brittany, you mentioned you mentioned that county talking to the county is probably is that the easiest way to verify this information?
2: Kyle mentioned that, but yes. We call every county, we're uh, looking at properties to acquire, we call the county, and verbally verify with the people in addition to the website.
6: And and if I could add, ask for the reference in the code, because sometimes people get called a lot and the secretaries, they put their bias into it and so they won't give it to you. Say, okay, that's great, where is it in the code? We actually were able to do a property um, as a midterm rental because she she said, no, we don't do Airbnb. And I said, well, Airbnb is a platform we're not doing Airbnb, we're doing corporate stays, which are traditionally 30 days more. We looked at the code, code allows it, and we were able to push through a deal that otherwise, if we would have listened to the secretary, we wouldn't.
0: So is there, and I'm just thinking volume wise, if I'm calling on property after property, is there like a map? Or anything of the sort that can narrow down these yeah areas
2: um Revity, the company that Kyle is referencing, they have a database they're building, and things are constantly changing, but um I think they're the only one I've heard of that has um a pretty good um comp- comp- like compiled list, and then like I said, you can Kyle said you can also buy specific market information in one
6: or call us I mean the reality is or call a local manager who knows. I mean, that's, I get calls all the time of, hey, I'm thinking about it. My client is thinking about it. Just give us a call and say, hey, what about Hurricane? Uh, or whatever it is, you know, Thule.
5: But the industry just needs more people doing it right. That's like, and when I say right, it's, you know, I mean, just professionally, like doing it at a high level. I love it. And then this one, I didn't throw this question in there. I didn't know
0: how we'd be doing on time, but... um, I think we've been talking a lot about short-term rentals in general. How are you guys implementing midterm rentals? And where's that gap that you're throwing midterm in that maybe the
5: short-term
0: was lacking?
5: I'll speak to this because we have, we do a lot of them. Um, people don't recognize that when you have a furnished rental, there are three big trillion dollar industries that you can serve, right? But people just always assume Airbnb they always revert to that because it's the easiest platform. It's well-known. Not only is there a lot of money here, but insurance is a big one. Okay. There's a lot of people. You guys would be surprised. Utah's very dry. You'll be surprised at how many fires every summer a family gets displaced. And there's a broker that's trying to find a house to house his family. And they're just wanting to write a check. All right. They're huge. I mean, we, we, we've signed multiple in the West Valley that are four-bedroom, 2 bath. This is West Valley. This is a hood, like, and I know like I'm from there. I have all my family. You know that's so, <laughs> yeah. like well, West Valley, baby. But like a four-bedroom, two baths, we've signed multiple contracts between six thousand and seventy five hundred a month. Ooh. My mortgage is like twenty two hundred sub, right? And so there's a huge opportunity in insurance. And then the second or the third, excuse me, is a government and uh professional contract. So like we have multiple um, executives for a lot of the high tech companies, we have a direct line of access to their EAs because when they come, they know to call me because I'll get them a place to stay. So we just house the SVB of New Skin. We've housed a handful of others. And so really my point being is that there is a ton of these midterm contracts in different industries if you're just willing to put in the work. Again, real estate, money, real estate, passive income, is just a byproduct of relationships,
6: and, and I mean adding on to it to give you an example. We shifted this summer forty-five percent of our portfolio from short term to mid term. Half we converted. Now part of that was Kennecott did a big rehab project, and so there was a lot of contractors coming. But on top of it, there I mean for us there was a lot of insurance claims that we had, and then there was a lot of working professionals, and that's not just I mean that's interns. That is. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things. So the, the strategic advantage and really midterm, I would consider like a very up and coming, more fashionable way to rent out furnished properties. And you'd be so surprised how easy it is. I mean, cause really how we approach short-term rental or fully furnished rental is we are experts in short-term. So let's look at those numbers first. Let's put the furniture in. Okay. The numbers don't work. The furniture is already there. Let's just change the marketing and get midterm rental contracts. Now, if it doesn't work, then clearly it's not strategic for this home. Then we can roll it into long-term like it has worked for, since the beginning of time. So that's really our tiered approach. Subject to some properties are just more conducive. American Fork, I don't know what it is, midterm rent and rental haven. I mean, we have we shifted all of our American Fork and we have about 10 properties there into midterm rentals. So, uh, and it's, it's not, it's, some of it is just, being aware of what's coming in and then o- acknowledging those opportunities
2: so for us um, we actually don't have a lot of experience in this, so we tried to transition into midterm recently but our niche is a little bit too unique to fit into that box we do only large properties so ours are five to eleven bedrooms and they're made for groups they're highly themed um, they're more expensive so so far, we haven't had a whole lot, lot of luck with midterm because we've niched ourselves in and that can be good or can be bad. But kind of like Kyle was saying earlier, is like keep in mind real estate and there's some regrets we have of like going so niche that when there's a market change, um, you're not as flexible. So like have more backup plans. is one of the lessons we've learned. Um, because we might we get the ride the roller coaster when it's really high, but that means you also ride the roller coaster when it goes low because you are limiting your marketing. Um, Kyle and I personally had one property that was midterm stay and it was accidental. We had a house that we flipped, um, COVID hit, it went in on a contract five times. We decided to take it off the market and rent it and do Airbnb. This is actually before Loma Homes existed. So we decided to do Airbnb and we had knew nothing about it. And it was like, great, we're making really good money. Um, some people threw a party with inappropriate activity. The government got called. Great party, by the way. Uh, they they trashed the house. The government got called. We got a notice that apparently vacation rentals weren't allowed in that area. We didn't know. We were just newbies. And so we're like, oh, a 30-day minimum? Okay, let's just turn it into a midterm stay. And overnight, that property was so easy. And it was a perfect combination. And this was in Minneapolis at the time. Um, and it, like we got traveling nurses. We got corporate travelers. They came for normally like three months. They treated the property well. I never had to hear from them versus dealing with parties and turnovers and cleanings but we made twice the amount that we could have as a long-term rental. So if you have the property that's the right fit, this was like a three bedroom in a metropolitan area. It was perfect and it was very low like touch for us. Short-term rentals is a lot of work. Um, In general, it's just more work than a long-term and a midterm is like a really good middle ground where you get more revenue with not that much work.
0: Thank you, thank you. Okay, for our next question, this is one of my favorites. How much did you guys get paid for being here? Yo, I got that. I got a thousand. Everyone's like, what? A box of pizza. They didn't get paid. Pizza. The purpose of this question is they got, these guys are giving you free game, right? They have all become very successful in their own right. Um, and so as a giving back, I want to ask them, what can the audience do to help you in the business? That's really dope. Yeah,
4: um, I'll take all the help I can get. So if I said something and you're like, I can help you, come talk. Um, couple things come to mind. Um, we've mentioned community a lot in this. Um, Aaron talked a little bit about how we've helped each other. He's helped me the same way I've helped him. During tough times, get on the phone, hey, going through a lot of stuff right now, like help me out. And even just talking to your hype man could help. And so a lot of us here, um, we're here to learn something and and hopefully learn from someone who can help elevate us, but take the time to reach behind you and help someone behind you as well. We're all at a different spot in our journey. Um, so wherever, wherever you're at, even if this is your very first real estate meeting, hopefully you learned something tonight that if a conversation comes up about short term rentals, like maybe you can pass that insight on to someone else, just look out for each other, help each other out, become that community for each other um on a on a personal level we're always we have lots of stuff going on um there's always private funding opportunities if you're looking to invest money um really just we're here to help too like it's just you give and you take and you, and you work together as as challenges come up so um really just that community with us and, and we'll hopefully get back to you guys
2: uh, and, and building on that with business opportunities or things we can work together what are helpful for us um, if you're interested in design and like asset optimization or construction management anything like that to make your Airbnb go to the next level you can let me know and I can do three proposals and whatnot. Um, if you're interested and checking out um, IntelliHost to optimize your listing. Um, that would be awesome. We're also, this is newly launched this year, so we love the feedback. We'd love to get you in on there, and it, we welcome feedback too as you're testing out the product. Um, talk to the guys in the orange, they'll get you signed up for, for free and um, let us know what you think of it and what we could do better as we're building that out. Um, Jeff, any other things that? There you go.
5: Now, my, my only ask, okay, you know, when you listen very carefully, carefully is do not be an ask hole. Okay. And what I mean by that is there's literally there's been things that have been shared here that I, me personally, I've paid multiple six figures to learn, right? And my only ask every time that I come to these and I give is just, just go win, go do something, go do something with the things that we learned because it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. You're capable of doing it because we need more good people in this industry to elevate all of us. And so when you win, we win. So to me, it's just like, just don't be an asshole. Just go out there and grind and win and wallow in together.
6: You really caught me off guard, Tanner. I, to be honest, I think for everything. I, I, just, I just noticed. I just the automotive I'm so prepared. I'll be honest, I think for what all of us do are so niche that we get asked so much. We get asked for contracts. We get asked for stuff and we don't get anything in return. So I'm I'm kind of, uh, I think in all reality, like if I could do any, if if there's anything I could use for help is uh, truly what my motivation is, is I want to help other people. But in order to help people, I want to help people who want to develop with me. I don't know anything or I don't know everything. And I want opportunities where I can develop with other people. And I want to help people who are helping themselves. So if you have opportunities that have to do a short-term mental or not, um, I'm all about collaboration. And I'm all about if I can't help you, I want to find somebody that can because I know because this deal didn't work out doesn't mean that the next one won't for us. Um, So if you want to develop and you want to develop with me, reach out in whatever iteration you think is.
2: And join their little association they're making and change the government.
0: Hey Amen. Awesome. Okay. And I'll add to everything that they've said. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert in the short term, midterm, like these folks are. One thing that I will, well, I have been great at networking. That's, I feel like a lot of what I owe my success to, where that's limited to, is getting to know people like these amazing folks and figuring out how I can provide value to them. And I used to rack my brain, how can I provide value to someone that makes a lot more money than me? What can I offer them? Every single one of them has a version of a community, a business, a following even on Instagram, right? That you can support that is giving value to these individuals. And so that's, I'll reiterate that. If you can provide value to any of them, not only will it help them, but even looking at it selfishly, I can promise you that'll elevate your business. If you can get in the same circle as these people, it's going to elevate you. And that's a lot of the reason why I do what I do and bring these experts along. So raise your hand if you learned something today. Okay. Hopefully that's every one of you. I certainly did. My my hands raised high. Um, if we can give a round of applause, please. <laughs> um and then a, a couple of things. So we are gonna stay for an hour um after our Q and A. Wow, this there's a lot of free game here. So what time is it? Okay, we're good. Wow, we're really good. Okay, um, we're going to turn the time over to some questions. We got one already. I am going to be the microphone guy. I think yeah, stretch, take a drink of water. I'm going to be the microphone guy. And again, I'll reiterate, we're not going to – we'll have a certain amount of questions, but then get out of your comfort so, zone at the end. No, that go. we got – Don't be an asshole. Please, please say your no name. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Say your name before your question, and then who you're catering that question towards. John Fiddler, um, this is for the Burtons. Do you guys have a, a
3: pirate-themed home in St. Augustine?
2: No, we do in Panama City Beach, Florida, though.
3: Because uh, uh, I saw one, and it's one of the best ones I've ever seen. Just
2: you—you
3: haven't seen that, then?
0: It's—I think it's a, a bonus. It's—it's it's that- really a. All right, Gabe. Then we'll go here. Sorry, there's a lot of like I said. This is why we network after. All
3: right, Lama, Um Let's just say I want to get into uh, midterm rentals. How do I get to midterm rentals? Let's say there's Airbnb for short-term rentals. Is there like a top one mainly for
5: midterm rentals, like for? Really good. Yeah. So the first one I'd recommend ALE Solutions. Okay, they are a big broker that you can go online. It's different than Airbnb. They're just going to take your information and someone's going to reach out. Um, But they are a middleman, meaning that they are bringing deals directly from the broker. And they're cutting themselves in the middle. Okay. And so the best place that I've found is really, and I harp on this because I believe this is the heartbeat of all real estate. It's relationships. I just know a lot of these brokers, I've just annoyed the hell of them. I've sent them enough treats for them to know my name. And because of that, whenever there's a family that need to take an insurance claim and they're displaced, they call them. And so I can guarantee there's a lot of people in your network that are within those within arm's reach that are doing that. So that's where I would start. We you said that was at ALE. You have ALE solutions, a landing,
6: hello That's another one that's becoming. We kind of have a terrible experience with them, but they're, uh, but they provide some leads. Um, we've closed some. So there's that. Hello, Landing. Uh, Furnish Finder, we have not had great success. They're terrible. Uh, they are very good for traveling nurses. So if, if you're doing room by room model, that, that's a great spot. Uh, Robert Newdorf, send me a message and I'll share it. Uh, He's a friend of mine that he, he has like 3,000 contacts within this and so he gets blasts all the time and he sends them out. Uh, Vivian Vip is another person that I would follow. She's, and I can be, anybody who wants these specific contacts, just send me a message, I'll connect you with them. They're great people who are influencers in it. Um, another thing that we have done is using the platforms, we have created secondary listings that cater towards midterm rentals. And, and one example, uh, so we had a really hard time with the home in Idaho Falls, Idaho, cause it was in the hood. Um, and so what we did on that one is we made it a seven day minimum, we increased the daily rate to $80, yet we gave a weekly discount of 25%, which gave it down to $60 a night. And then we put an infographic, an infographic is, it's just like a sales thing, anything you see on Facebook, on the listing that says 25% off on midterm rental stays, to which then they can only book seven days, and consumer-wise, they feel like they're getting a discount. Thus, we were able to book it. We were actually considering selling the property we maintained ownership for another eight months because of the shift. And that was using Airbnb, VRBO, but they were secondary listings. So that's another way that, that we've also done. Just to follow up. Sorry, one last.
3: Oh, oh, you're good. So kind of like Airbnb, these platforms take a percentage every time you get a booking or do you pay a fee or how does that work? Cause let's say I'm trying to get into midterm rentals and I don't have the money to to afford these things, but I do want to do midterm, so.
5: Yeah, just like Airbnb, the, all the platforms will have their standard fee, right? With me, I found a lot of, like, I've had one broker that's literally brought me 10 midterm contracts, and he's just cutting himself in the middle. What that price is, I have no idea, nor do I care, because the price that I'm getting is all that matters, and I'm not greedy, right? Because um, he is a broker, and so when it comes to direct a broker, it's like that. Um, but Hello Landing is
6: very expensive, but they they do. But but I'll even say this, like, I, a lot of it, I think, depends on the home, too, so, like, we have a midterm rental in Daybreak. Daybreak is the worst city for short-term rental. We put up a listing. Within seven hours, we had a notice. Raising. Anyways, there's a Facebook group that I posted. Hey, I got a fully furnished midterm rental. And I've received in the course of this week, six leads of people who my house is this and that we're moving. So like, I think each home too, we, we really work on a marketing plan for each home because each home is different. And I, you know, it's going to be really easy for me to put them all on Hello Landing as an example, or really each home needs to find its own thing. And once you can get one and there's, you know, it's booked for six months, you don't have to worry about it. And then you go to the So we talked
3: a lot about short-term rentals, but how do you pull your numbers if you're trying to do a midterm term rental? Uh, when you say do your numbers, make sure it's going to work. How do I know it's going to work in, like, if I want to go to Sandy, how do I know it's going to work in Sandy? I remind you, showing myself the focus might my idea, short-term rental
0: city. We can, you guys want to talk about this app through here? Yeah. I, I know this is a great topic and I know a lot of people can learn from it, but a lot of people got questions. So let's we we'll go here and then we'll go Jacob. I don't, sorry. Third question was the same. Oh, wait, was the same. Is this one?
7: Yeah. will uh,
0: Let's go to Jacob and then we'll go over here. Wait, is it the same one that hasn't been asked already? It was, it was asked. Okay.
6: All right. Boston and Jacob so we've been debating a little bit and this is
3: for the entire panel. my name is Jacob um what are your policy on pets
5: is it a good idea or a bad idea cash cows got got out
2: we agree we avoided them at first and we left money on the table and like data wise Jeff probably has all the numbers in his back pocket um, you'll make more money and they don't actually cause that much damage you just sealed in a cleaning fee so that they'll pay 250 bucks or whatever for and then it cost you hundred bucks. You just made an extra hundred and fifty on every stay.
6: And they they pay for damage. Ironically, I literally had one day a guest kid tore down the curtains. My kid didn't do it. Well, I asked you no, know, they did. Oh, I asked them, they said they did it. Literally the next day, a dog chewed the same window seal. And I said, Your dog chewed it, and they said, How much?
2: Agreed. Kids are worse than pets. Not in real life, just in rentals. Cab-
6: caveat on emotional support and service. Service animals, you cannot charge. Emotional support animals technically are not service animals. Service animals have to be trained. So you can, under the Equal Housing Act, charge for emotional support animals, or you can reasonably not accept them through reasonable accommodation, which means that you can say somebody is allergic, so I cannot reasonably accept you because I have to do a $500 cleaning after because I'm deathly allergic of said pet. But what I would also do is then say, but here are three other listings of some of my friends where you could book and all liability will go out the window if you don't want pets.
0: Is that the same for long term on emotional support versus a service animal? Technically. I mean, so long story short, what it comes down to
6: is if somebody is going to come and it's going to cause unreasonable accommodation, meaning uh, they're going to come in. And so a great example, my father is really allergic to cats. He doesn't allow him in his home. If somebody comes into that home with a cat, my father-in-law has to clean carpets, or excuse me, my father has to clean carpets, he has to clean vents, he has to, in some cases, pull up carpets, change pads, and so a stay that was $1,000 now costs him, let's let's call it 1500 to clean up after. That is unreasonable for the property owner, so thus you can say it's unreasonable for me to do it, I'm declining it because it's outside of what is normal. Now if those fees are $100, 200 that is reasonable. Also hotel and short-term rental laws are different on this matter too and it's it's also city by city. Perfect.
4: Uh we'll go over here and then we'll have to... what Kyle? What? You've been in a lot of arguments on this topic with
3: customers have so many.
5: <laughs> Let's go.
3: Okay, so I'm
5: Jeshua Chakun and first uh Hunter Wolverines, no Kerns Oh, yeah, school. No, so I grew up in California. Okay. But my childhood was spent in West Valley. Oh, West Valley. Part of West Valley. I know know that. Yeah, cool, cool.
3: (laughs) Well, anyways, uh, my question is, for those who are starting, right, um, in some of the conversations you had earlier, uh, you mentioned it's worthwhile spending some money, right, uh, rather than doing it all yourself. So at what point do you decide, hey, I'm going to spend money,
4: especially if you're starting and you're tight on cash, right, to go ahead and say, okay,
3: I'm going to do it rather than doing it your own. That's oh, right. You go first. I want to think about this.
2: Okay. Um, so statistically, if you spend money wisely, it pays back. So from our data, if you are designing your home and doing upgrades and amenities, we see an average of 35% annual increase in revenue um, from what we put in and, um with the upgrades. Now, that being said, obviously, well, what's 35% relate to how much you're putting in. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what the ROI is. Um, I should know this, that. But you're going to get your money back within a couple of years of what you're putting in. And so that's a good return on your investment. Now, you never want to overbuild. And so we'd run data and say, hey, it's worth in your area, putting a hot tub and adding some design refreshes. I'm not going to recommend for you to do all the bells and whistles and put in spaceships and fire-breathing dragons in your house in Utah because there's no data to prove that that's going to warrant a double nightly rate. But I can look at the data and say, hey, adding a hot tub is going to increase by 18% your revenue, and that only costs you 10 grand to put in. You do the math of what that 18% increase of revenue, boom, it's worth it. And so I think you have to look at the data and the market that you're in to figure out what money is worth it, and is it going to return it back to you? Um, And there's a little bit of expertise or even talking to people and looking at comps, just like when you're looking at real estate comps, you can look at Airbnb comps um, or buy data from different providers and whatnot to kind of compare the different amenities or even looking at photos of like top performing uh, properties and see what they have. And that's how we ended up in the theme space is we were like, hey, Orlando that we identified as a high profitable market, but to stand out and be the top, let's look at what the top performing people are doing they're all theming it and they're putting like Mickey Mouse stickers on like we could make a whole theme park in the house let's do that so we took what people are doing successfully and do it better so just look at your market
5: I'll, I'll tack this from a different what I would say to anybody that's just getting started maybe your law and funds is you can't really step into real estate at a great capacity until you yourself are prepared and worthy for the opportunity and what I mean by that is like It took me years of self-development, of working on skills, paying for mentors. Also, which naturally added to my income. I didn't jump into real estate guys until I was making multiple six figures in another capacity. And that's the truth. That's the truth that like most won't tell you to get into real estate. It starts today by working on yourself and it'll come. And so my, my natural advice to anybody is like, work on yourself, like develop on yourself, whether it be investing in yourself in a new job or capacity that's going to get you the income to then step into real skate
2: i somewhat disagree we bought our first house as dumb 21 year olds with ten thousand dollars
5: out of the pocket. well my point is it's a lot of money
6: that was your education i mean let's call it what it is you guys that was your most valuable flip because you, you learned how not to do everything
2: right? it's yeah. true and i think you have to understand what your capacity is but there is money out there if you have a good opportunity um, sure. Kyle and I and, and Jeff, even with our portfolio now, um, very little of it is actually funded out of our own pockets. We work with investors. We raise money. If you have a good opportunity, you can do that. And same when we flipped houses, long-term rentals, it's just across the board with real estate. Uh, people are looking for good investments and you can partner with them if you have an opportunity that will make them money. So you need to be prepared, but you don't necessarily need money. You just find the people who have the money, but don't have the time.
6: Three things that I'm, so first, uh, so my computer's right over here. I have a little bit of an offering, uh, which is um, I do projections and we do projections and traditionally we charge $50 for those projections. I'm giving you guys a six month coupon that if you have any property that you want, we'll do it for free. So that's one. Second is we have a case study on hot tubs. We did six different properties, three of which had hot tubs, three didn't. Ogden, Salt Lake, Sandy. It's worth it. 95% increase on profitability for the properties. Uh, my hero over here, Coulter. Coulter has a property in price. We presented this data. He elected to take it. it and and he's, ha- he's going to have success because in price, which is that little market, they don't have a lot of hot tubs. So he's automatically going to jump to the top. Now, so that's the first thing. Sign up there. It's just your name and your email, and we'll shoot it out to you. Now, putting myself in your shoes, you don't have the money. you do not fancy. Just go on Airbnb and say, okay, what does my property have? How can I differentiate? And literally algorithmically just look through and say, how many have babysitter recommendations? It's very few by the way, but it is a button on Airbnb. So if you just call the girl in your neighborhood and say, can I refer you if anybody ever asked? You now click a button that puts you to a higher rank than somebody else. Or an amenity could be a desk. How, you know, uh, how many how many of us are traveling and look for remote working spaces? Think of who, and that all goes down to that guest avatar. Who is staying in here and how can you cater more specifically to them? Um, so that would be the easiest way is just look what your competitor's doing. And then the last is finding opportunities where if you have opportunities, we have a boutique hotel, Canab, Utah. That's also another offering. We'll give you a great discount if anybody wants to go to Kanab. Um, we bought a property that was Airbnbs and we've converted it into a boutique hotel. We have a majority share of it and I put zero money down. I technically put two grand in to put the down payment, which I got paid back for. And I have a property that's worth 1.5 million. That's a boutique hotel. That's going to appreciate over time as a commercial asset, more than just a residential asset. When you have opportunities, when you die on the numbers. There's people and it was crazy. I I this is the weirdest experience I've ever had, which is probably a daily occurrence for Lamé. Which is I put it out on the internet. As some guy saw and he goes, yeah yeah okay. I have this one question. Here's the answer. Okay, uh, where where do you want me to wire the money? It was literally two minute conversation. I said, well, don't you want to know more? He's like, I've looked at your numbers. I've looked at your projections. I think you're super conservative. You know this property? I funded that one around the corner. You know this one? I funded this one around the corner. And it was just. Being prepared, dialing your numbers, and then having that opportunity. And it was funded. Within three days, I called my other partner and said, I got it funded. And he was like, oh, I got a good one. I was like, no, we're good. And you
2: had a professional packet up there with all that data and stuff, Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big
6: And Because it was easy. And so when you have those opportunities, and if you have those opportunities, and you don't know how to build those sales deck, reach out to any of us. We're helping to drag it, you know, jumped into it and help
5: you. But again, that was years of him investing in himself. Learning what you need, what playing the game that's in front of you, and then those will come. Every day, every day, and they still do, and I love it. I freaking love it. Yeah, because the reality of it is, the people at the top we think different. Like, and you got to embrace that, and sell so, and that's part of the investment in yourself is you. you really got to learn them to think different. I think about myself three, five years ago, and I'm like, I was a completely different person. So it's all mental. It starts in investing in yourself, and opportunities follow.
0: Uh, I'll add to that as well. Um, uh, I'm a firm believer in investing in, in myself. I've spent six figures on my own personal education and I, I have people come up to me all the time. How do I get started? Right? How do you get started investing in real estate, whether it's Airbnb, long-term hold, the burr, what multifamily. I'm a firm believer. If someone has $20,000 that they've spent a year saving up for. The best use of that money is going to be investing in yourself, you know, education. If Brindy bought a house for $10,000 down and that's your personal residence, I assume.
2: Yeah, that too, Blake.
0: Yeah. So, and that's, I am a firm believer in house hashing is different than going out and buying a rental that you need to cover that mortgage. You need to make a profit on that or You're stressing me. And
5: that was the greatest education you probably could have. Exactly.
2: And that being said, we have also spent a lot of money on education. And before we bought that $10,000 house, we actually did join like online groups and get in the local networking and really educate ourselves. That way we knew what the right house to buy. So you can't just like go buy whatever you want. You need to be strategic. Uh, My point was just that you don't need to have millions of dollars to become an investor. You need to have the knowledge and strategy and then just take action and find people who have that money to help you.
0: 100%. And I think on that same note, it comes to a point, even me at this point where I have more deals than capital and I'm sure everyone gets to that point as investors, there's a stipulation where maybe we just have this reoccurring liquidity in our bank account that we're just taking these down. And when you get to a point where there's a lot more deals that you want to take down where it comes. And I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this topic and that's why I'm talking more than I should. But... um, there's so many gurus out there that speak on getting into real estate with zero money down. You need expertise before you go to someone and ask for five hundred dollars of their private money. There is investing yourself before you go ask someone for a million dollars. Please, that's I'll leave it. At that.
2: You have to have credibility if people want to give you. We, keep we your money.
0: have one. Oh, okay, you've been raising here for a time, so I'm going to go here and then I'll come back to you. I. This, this records change
1: between short-term and long-term. It's obviously,
4: it's
1: They
4: did, and because they did
3: bad. The, how do you top that?
6: Very good. You Joe? Uh, a lot of it comes down to knowing what type of rental it is. Uh, a lot of it is, is, there's. I would probably say, of it is pretty standard of what it is and then it's those nuanced things that you need to know for the short-term rental or for that associated city and and a lot of it just comes down to digging in and knowing what you need for that city I I realize it's a very big answer but probably relatively consistently if you have a a very good one for long-term it's just a few little tweaks that will stimulate it to make it for short-term and or mid-term uh Really midterm is longer. So those contracts are the same. Short-term in Utah, it's 14 days after 14 days is when tenant rights are secured, but tenant rights have to be proven through either mail through stay. And then there's one more thing that is not as important that I can't remember looking at my wife who knows everything. Um, but it, it comes down to where the tenant rights and, and every city is different, but traditionally it's that 15 days for generally in the United States. Well, and and no, I mean, it. Uh, yet again, it kind of comes down to what you want for your associated business. I mean, clearly I'm not an attorney, but for our business, that's how we operate. And and we found that success and some failures. I mean, no doubt to which we've gotten a great attorney who helps us when needed. But it's not think It's same with accounting. I can give you some directions, but no accountant. It sounds like you need to talk to an attorney then.
5: A different one. A different one. <laughs>
6: yeah. M- m- maybe. Let's talk.
2: Keep talking to attorneys so you get the answer you want. <laughs> Hard fact.
6: I think we have
3: it right here. Yeah. Question you here. hear All right. <laughs> hey, so for your short term, I'm Andy Peterson, by the way. Um Andy. So for your short-term rentals, are you guys using mainly Airbnb and VRBO and a channel manager? Do you guys take a different route with those?
5: For us, yeah, we use the primary, um, the big two, right, VRBO, Airbnb. We're also on Expedia, and that's through booking.com. And then we have our own are on online platform and I think that's pretty standard. Most people right, right.
3: Kind of have all that. Okay. So let I have a short term and a long term and I'm in the middle of a burr that I'm thinking of making a short slash midterm. Um so on, on the midterm, is there a channel manager? Do you go to multiple platforms or is most of your bookings
5: through like insurance brokers or do you use a bunch of these other platforms and have a channel manager? Yeah, my experience midterm is a whole different game. It's not it's not handed to you. So with midterms, if you're getting into midterms, like you gotta, it's a grind, it's relationships. It's, there's not an easy, oh, post on Airbnb and there's 22 million eyes, right? And so hundred percent. Totally.
2: That's how we did, I mean, our one property, ours was all Airbnb and VRBO, because we did it as simple as possible, but it stayed booked. And then we use owner res or hostly are the two platforms we've used for our uh, managing Airbnb and VRBO and our website. So all the calendar sync and everything most
5: lucrative contracts, in my experience, of our midterm is the one direct broker. brokerage. So if you can find the brokers, have that relationship. And there's more than we can service because it's micro location. They want a property that's like within five miles of the house that burned down. There's very few that have that. So you just
6: gotta be out and and the other reality of it, too, is you only need one guest. I, I think that that's one thing that we always overlook is you have 30 days. You only need one guest. So it comes down to how can I get... This home in front of the most appropriate eyes that guest avatar. So we list on we list on 15 different websites, subject to what the property is. Meaning, some are traveling nurse focused. So we list. There's Facebook groups galore for traveling nurses, and that's what that one needs. Um, whereas uh, there's um, we use uh, we we have a specific system, and we're able to list on. Uh, Marriott's Bonvoy, Google Vacation Homes, uh, and so we're able to go in other places, and that's where a professionalism aspect comes in, that if you're using someone, you'll get some more eyes, but really, if I were in your shoes, just look at the house, say, who do I want in this house? How can I get the most appropriate person in here? How can I get them? Drunk? Is it Facebook groups? And and then ask, and then dig into it, uh, because each property has its own marketing plan, is how
0: I see it. Perfect. Okay, one last quick question before we start handing out Red Bulls for everyone.
7: And as far as short term and mid terms, oh, I'm sorry, my name is Arlette Chacon. I'm, you know, his wife. Um, uh, <laughs> so what are your thoughts about subleasing properties to do?
5: Yeah. So that's. <laughs> this is Gabe. He's a
6: king at it. He's doing great. Right here, he's also done some... These are two people you need to talk to. They are more experts in it. I do not believe in it, personally. That brick went.
2: All right. Yep. We, um, we haven't done it. We have looked into it. We even did an online course, and we're thinking about starting our Airbnb business in there before we purchased anything. Um, for us, it doesn't fit in our like box because we really care about real estate assets and growing our wealth instead of just getting arbitrage. but people do it well. Um, so I can't speak on the expertise of how to do that for cash flow. We started
5: an arbitrage, and I started yeah, with that 20 arbitrage. properties. Um, what I found, and I still have about 15 of them that are still doing well. Um, but it's you, you have to know your numbers. You really have to know where you're doing it, what your guest avatar is, how to compete. But it's a great way to start. Like I, I would, I would highly recommend it. I would just make sure to do the due diligence you sell. But it's it's a great way to start it. The, the biggest reason, that
6: the most success that I have seen realizing I've, I have one arbitrage left. I started trying to get arbitrage. I presented the numbers to my owners. They wanted the numbers, so I got contracts instead. Um, but where I've seen people have the most success is they are trying to replicate a process. They go to landlords and say, how many do you have in this complex? I have 100. If I did 10 today, what discount can I get? Because then that way you're getting for a cheaper price, and then you're just changing the same furniture and it's the red room the green room the purple room and it's i mean there's one guy is uh sean uh airbnb automated is his channel and he's a big evangelist for it his success came from he went to complexes in Austin and said i will take 30 of your apartments because he could scale and replicate because he had the same thing over and over the challenge that i've seen people here in utah is They'll get one arbitrage, it's a four-bedroom in Sandy, they'll build it out, takes all that effort, then they'll go to West Jordan, and it's a different dynamic of a three-bedroom. So they've got to reinvent the wheel every time, and thus they're not able to maximize it. Uh, Gabe has found an equation, he has one complex, I think you have four, right? and And is that would you agree with that that's that same for your model as well?
3: you go to complexes, they also do concessions, so you have to get them on a on a time where the market is very slow, and they'll give you eight weeks for free and you can say, okay, I want to do ten ten here and that's going to save you almost ten thousand dollars um and then you also do longer terms for the complex, so then you ramp lower th-
6: And the only reason I don't like it is it doesn't generate wealth. It generates cash flow, which is great for financing the next opportunity, but it will end. I I actually love arbitrage because I get a lot of clients from it. Meaning someone goes to a landlord, they start arbitrage, the landlord learns the numbers, they don't renew the lease. They say, I'll buy your furniture from you. And then they call me and say, will you manage it on my behalf? And I, so in ways I love arbitrage a great lead funnel for me
0: i love it okay that's it for questions i know we could do this forever um i'm gonna leave this up we do these events monthly like i said different topics um so if you guys follow me that's the easiest way to get this up to date on the reoccurring events at some point i will have a facebook group i just gotta find the time so that's in the future for now instagram is fine please 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 follow every single one of them. I'm going to leave this up at the end for the hour of networking. So you don't need to stress about getting them all now. Um, Also on that same note, our next event is the multifamily. We're going to have killers like we always do experts that are very, very smart in this topic. We're going to have a syndicator there and some other different variations of multifamily investing. So scan this, sign up. Um, and then if you miss that, it'll be on the Instagram probably 40 times. So you won't miss it. Thanks for coming. Of course. Okay. Let's do, I know we already did a round of applause, but let's do a second one. Um, please, please, please remember, um, Figure out ways to add value. That's that's what I'll summarize it with, and they'll be giving trees forever. Uh, if you guys could do us a huge favor, and please put away just one chair, that'll save us a ton. So I'm not here till 10:30. Uh, mayor over here in the corner will be able to help with the the takedown. And thank you for coming out. Thank you it's coming.
7: I, like, they make ride. the line wants on those road Why, what, oh, no, right. it's a lot in But stop the first week that's about about to have been saying, you God, sent those very star on the island and the name the the woman here in Spain and, don't be I think so, like, like, here's how we you up or that I'm you or just, like, one hour it like, like, it to Three. Mess it up. So you are d- I don't. deny that. i just okay. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. What more can I I'm here. I'm in the I'm here. I'm studying. I'm I'm here. i i i where the water is th- so light and, yeah. and, the, mind, and in- yeah. I and I am, I believe in it's a pretty the I think, basically, in the operation of the one meaning for other. was now. I what he with, you, and now the coming So, we're you on, can't the on him. We took you i to the ball of margin. Where it's had a I'm Yeah, I mean, I don't know you to do that. Man, it's looking like it's me out. And I'm like, me, out going to have to go over fun I read in my with a the long walk, under me <acceso> uh, yeah, yeah, that so I had you know, you know, in, in, in the uh, at the think of the white as and like, know, what you have I saw a lot of on I the I'm not I'm not going out here, I, was like, i being a little of girl and then, yeah, I don't mind the other because I would go on a sheet with a hundred So that the money rolling up. So like a mind I going to lean space So how Like not a space. I not like how <laughs> <laughs> they up to back in you will I'm not you know You're here That's the Then you are It's that You need are basically still in You're to get I'm not that at I not make a grinder. And do that, like, in this thing. It's a and no to I'm not exactly, it might be a little bit of a gap gonna I'm i that, you I'm a little bit of well, they're all going to with I they the end all the Yeah, and I don't I do to know what the I I the you right here, you the with the elevator there. a and we do uh, we, we are- they- I it. About him go out. They like make as area, and I right Yellow the right? Whatever I don't the energy, whatever, you know, and has to huge, 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 i thought you were in well, pretty a there, <laughs>